Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Oloria, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? I'm going to stop saying the podcast because you know it's a podcast. So, why do I keep saying it? I was thinking about it yesterday as I was hiking with the dogs, and I'm like, okay, I can stop that now. It's only because it's, you know, the title came from the song Who Can It Be Now by Men of Work. Because, well, that's a whole story I think I tell in episode one or two. I'm going to be talking to Denise Jordan. So Denise Jordan is one of our guest teachers in Membership for Your Soul. She did an incredible class for us in membership. If you're interested in learning about Membership for Your Soul, go to membershipforyoursoul.com. And I interviewed her. We always interview the expert teachers as well as they do a class for us. And then they do a special Q&A when their class comes out so that members get to ask them a question about the material. But here's the interesting thing about Denise is that she works in a astrology. And you've probably heard me say it, especially in the last episode, how I don't follow astrology and it's not something that really works for me. But this is what I love about Membership for Your Soul. And this is what I even appreciate about myself. Just because I'm not into something doesn't mean that I don't want to bring an expert in that field into membership because there's a lot of members that do like uh, astrology and I'm not an expert in it. And then I love bringing expert teachers that are ex, you know, experts, let's keep saying that word, in all different areas. We have people that do crystals and certain types of healings and animal communication, things that I am not an expert in. So that's why we bring different people on so that we could have a party. Anyway, um, so looking to her, I thought she was incredibly gifted and open-minded and really had a lot to share. And as well as I enjoy being educated by people that are experts in the field. So enjoy this interview. I, you're going to be listening to this towards the end of the year if you're listening to it live. Um, but whenever you listen to it, it doesn't matter. But I always think that my one of my goals in membership is to bring on trusted teachers that really share um, their abilities, their gifts from a non-ego state, because I find that there are some spiritual teachers out there that have a very, a lot of ego. And I don't don't want to get into the whole conversation of is ego bag, ego not. My whole thing is I like bringing in teachers who recognize the gifts in everybody around them. And it's not about I'm the best at this. You're never going to be here. You know, there's not that kind of... um, friction that can go on, at least went on when I was out there studying and I noticed in different fields and stuff. And I know other spiritual people have said the same thing to me that they've witnessed it and had that experience. So Denise shares her beautiful work in this interview, talks about it. And it's probably, it might be something that's really great for you because I feel like when you find somebody that you really trust in what they teach you and you're able to get a great, like, a map, like a navigational map for yourself so that you could really succeed in your life. I'm all for that. Like I said in my last episode, if you didn't listen to it, I was talking about um, how words are diluted and talked about the quantum field and everything. It just talked about things in that area. And my whole thing is you find your truth and you st- and you stand by it and live by it. And that's why in membership, I love introducing people to a lot of different truths because they get to decide what's great for them and what's not great for them. And it really makes it it makes it so much more interesting than just study with me. Like that would be so boring. I think it would, I would get bored too. 
Anyway, before I go on, remember to go to marilynaloria.com forward slash parte. It's party, but I keep saying parte. If you want to join us for our first podcast party, and this is where it's free, you're going to um, give your email. So you do have to give your email. You're going to come join me. It's Spaces Limited. I believe last time I spoke to my team last week, we already had 10 people in there, and I think we only allow 25 in. I can't remember the number that we decided to let in. So already 10 people signed up, and that was like last Wednesday, and I'm recording this on Monday. Monday, so you do the math. Anyway, it's going to be a great time where we're going to sit and I'm going to teach you something really quickly about the gifts and then we'll have, um, we'll do some work around it. I channel when I do this stuff, so I don't know what my guides are going to want me to teach that particular day during that podcast party. So come join us if you can and RSVP and put it on your calendar and show up. And that is it. I will talk to you soon. Enjoy. You're going to hear a little music and you'll get into the conversation. I'll get into the conversation with Denise. Enjoy the interview. Bye. Hi, everyone. So I am super excited to be talking to Denise for many reasons. Denise, I don't know. I'm going to read about your bio and everything, but I do want to share. Um, so Denise is a certified counseling astrologer, which I love. I can't wait to talk to you. Licensed social worker and Reiki master. And the interesting thing, Denise, which we'll talk about is I'm not really into astrology mm-hmm. at all. And we have been having certain members that obviously just because I'm not into something, I want to make sure my membership gets the experience of things because they're very into it, right? Sure. So I so appreciate you coming on and talking with everyone about this and even educating me in the meantime So I'm very grateful to Barbara who told us about you and I'm very grateful for you to take your time out and to sit with us and talk with us about everything. We have people watching on Facebook and people always watch the replay and everything. Um, So let me just tell you guys a bit about Denise. I'm going to read her bio and then we're going to go into questions and Denise, it's really lax and fun and free and uh, so I'm super, just super excited you're here. I can tell by your energy. It's like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> it is. It is. I even have my cup of water, my Halloween cup, my special cup to celebrate. I love that. Where do you live? I live in Queens, New York. Oh my God. I'm uh, from Brooklyn. Oh, we're like yeah. neighbors. Well, I, I don't live there anymore. I live in Northern California now. How, when did you move to Northern California? Um, I moved to LA right after 9-11 cause I was in Manhattan and then I moved to Marin County outside of San Francisco a little over a year ago. Oh yeah, my it is. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love San Francisco. Where are you in Queens? I'm in Auburndale, which is a fancy way of saying between Flushing and Bayside. I love that. <laughs> oh, it's called Auburndale and we residents here refer to ourselves as Auburndale residents, not Flushing residents or Bayside residents, but Auburndale residents. There's a lot of pride in the boroughs, man. I get it. I'm from Bay Ridge and be like, I am from Bay Ridge. <laughs> So let me read your bio. So everybody who doesn't know you, um, including myself, which is so great. Laura is the one who reaches out to everyone and and interviews people for, well, ask people to come on. Mm -hmm. So Denise Marie Jordan is a professional counseling astrologer certified by the National Council for Geocosmic Research. For the past 23 years, Denise has a private practice in New York and lectures for the NCGR Professional Astrologers Alliance. We are getting a professional where she teaches beginning to advanced levels of astrology and is published in the Ingress with her article, how do you say C-E-R-E-S? Series. Series. I say that whole article name so I don't mess it up. Um, Series, the harbinger of transition. 
Love that. Denise, you don't, we're going to learn about this. So we're going to probably go off some of the questions, but I think you'll be fine with it. Oh, please, please. <laughs> Denise utilizes astrology as a therapeutic and predictive tool in helping clients identify their innate potential and interprets for them the meaning of specific life cycles and how they correspond to inner psychological shifts and outer events. This I love. And I'll tell you why in a minute. By implementing a psychological and spiritual approach, Denise provides clients with the timing of transitions and their significance in order for a person to grow through experiences and make authentic life choices. Denise focuses, focuses to offer insight and practical guidance in all areas of life, which include relationship, work, finances, family, and spiritual matters. In addition to astrology, Denise is a New York State licensed social worker and psychotherapist. It's amazing that you've married all three. And as a psychotherapist and counseling astrologer, Denise is passionate about helping people fulfill their potential for the purpose of living powerful and co-creative lives. And we always make sure that they know how to contact you, but I'm going to stick this in the chat. Yes. And do you have a website too, sweetie? Yes. What Ast is it? Astrology, www.astrologyden.net. Is it D-E-N or D-E-N-N? D-E-N. So astrology, D-E-N, dot net. Great. And then they can also contact me by phone if you want me to give my... I already put it in the chat. Okay, great. Yeah, and it'll live on the membership email. site. And we make sure it goes out on email because we mm -hmm. want as many people as possible who want to work with you to, to contact you. Sure, so, and I did mention to Laura that I offer free consultation, you know, the, like a few minutes of free consultation if they just want to see if this is something um, they would like to participate in. Great. So contact me and talk and it's great. Great. So I would, I want to, I want to say something that's just interesting. And then I want to learn about you because this is really mm -hmm. about you, not me, but I was in therapy for over 17 years. A lot of that in New York too. And I know astrology, like I said, is not something I follow, but I know for a lot of people, it has really benefited them to understand why things happened in their life and then helps them to move forward. And I find it fascinating. What made you bring all those pieces together? Like, how did you get started and what made you bring all those pieces together to help other people? Because it feels like you get a lot of missing pieces in there that makes it a full spectrum. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, originally... I started studying astrology, probably it was 1992, and it was with the astrological organization, the NCGR. They're a nonprofit astrology organization that promotes the um, research and also, how can I put it, professionalism of astrology. So my teacher, he was a psychotherapist or a psychoanalyst, as a oh. matter of fact. So when I began studying with him, I developed a very solid foundation of psycho-spiritual astrology. Not only, um, it's not that like just character analysis, although the astrological chart will show, you could say the blueprint of a person's psyche or their perception of life, um, but also to how one can evolve knowing the chart and the potential because you know we're so influenced by cultural spells race mind beliefs and opinions especially nowadays with social media media that we tend to veer off 
what's true to us. So if you go back to the astrology chart, which is the bare bones of the matter, um, you get to see in a spiritual sense, maybe why the soul came in at the time that it did. So using it as a blueprint, it's like a map, you know, you can see the 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 land the terrain but still the person is going to make the decision how they're going to get from point a to point b so my role is to show them the blueprint make it clear to them um work with them and offer options that are more in line with who they are. Remember, it's always how we meet the experience mm -hmm. and astrological patterns and our weather patterns. I call it the astrological weather. You might feel one way, you might feel another way and it shifts. But these feelings that arise or conflicts or whatever you want to call it offer the purpose of triggering an awareness because it's time for growth. And growth is never easy. I always say to people, you know, the soul is not about comfort. It's about growth. If it's time for you to get up and go and move to Japan, even though you just got back from a vacation, don't unpack your going. Right. You know, that's for your soul's best um, potential. So it can be expressed, but it's not easy. You know, we're, we're kind of conditioned to think that comfort, if something's comfortable, oh, you must be on the right track but not necessarily so. So people come to me usually when things feel hard, but what's going on is there's an expiration date of a particular coping mechanism that no longer works in terms of them expanding their life and embracing their potential. That's really what astrology is about. You want me to keep talking, Marilyn? Because I could keep No, talking. I can ask questions, but it's all great. Everything you're saying is absolutely phenomenal because what I love is you said you said quite a few things. I'm actually gonna grab my notebook so I can make notes. But something that Denise said that, yeah, I know, right? I was like, I was running from one thing to another. <laughs> we are a pen and I love your tattoo too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, what I love, Denise said that I all want you to hear about, and there's a few things, but one of the most important things in it, this is such a, a mistake out there that people real feel like if something's uncomfortable, then something's wrong. And it's not. So I love that you talk about that in your sessions. Do you help people to figure out tool? Like if that discomfort is happening and then you're showing them their chart, do you offer them tools and techniques to try to work through that? Absolutely. And I don't want anyone to feel that they need to deny what's going on. I, 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 you know, it's best that they can accept the feelings, look at what's going on, be very honest in terms of a dialogue with me to express, um, as I said, you know, how they're feeling about something. So then I can offer them, as you said, tools, techniques, this, you know, this is not about denial. This is just about acknowledging very honestly how one is feeling when there's a transition, because it's really about transition and to walk with it. I'm not saying, oh, in order for you to get from point A to point B, you have to get rid of the feeling. No, you feel something. Okay. But you can also take action. It's both. It's both. Right. It's 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 the tension. It's the stress, and then it's making a different choice in terms of how you're feeling. So that's how one, if you could say, um, shifts their destiny. 
I love that. So take us through like how people come to you and you work with them, because I'm curious as to what made you start studying like astrology and then therapy and how you put them together or do you put them together? Do you separate them? I believe that you do. I just want to hear a little bit of how you work with people so I can get more into understanding your work. Sure. So when somebody comes to me, say for an astrological counseling session, they'll come in, um, they'll get, well, first of all, they'll give me the date of birth, the time of birth and the location. So that enables me to construct a chart and that will give me planetary positions of, of, um, of where uh, the, that will give me the positions of the planets when the person was born. And the planets are archetypes, basically. They're themes that we all experience. The moon, our ability to nurture, our ability to mother. Um, and in the chart, you will see a person's ability to accept nurturing. You know, sometimes, it, or Venus, the ability to love, to give and receive affection. Venus, the archetype of Venus, also has to do with one's self-worth and self-appreciation. So if the Venus maybe is having a little difficulty expressing, which can always be tracked usually to parental or early environmental um, circumstances, and you'll see it in the chart, um, then that person, I would work with them on maybe opening them up to accept more of themselves so they can go out and have a relationship. Because it's kind of like everything is there, we just have to open up to it, but it's not always easily seen when we're conflicted. That's right. what I Somebody comes to me, they give me um, all of that information so I can construct the chart. And then I ask them if it's over the phone or if it's in person, um, uh, just tell me the area that you would like me to focus in on. I don't want to know anything about you. Don't tell me anything because I'm reading symbolically. Mm. And what I will do is look at the chart. Like say if where I work, if um, somebody's coming in as a walk-in, like there, it's not a, um, a scheduled appointment. Again, it's the same thing. I don't want to know anything about you. And then I start to read symbolically. I already have a sense when I'm looking because it's a map and I'm looking at the symbols, how um, they're placed in the person's chart, what's going on in terms of transiting planets, which tells me what's being triggered, what they're being alerted to in terms of the growth process that's going on. I'll speak to them. I'll give them the information anything else that comes up and then I ask them for questions but a lot of times things or circumstances do get addressed before they even ask because it's right there it's a map you know right so you said something I've never heard that planets are uh -oh, what did I say now <laughs> I loved it I loved it planets are archetypes yeah they're archetypes they're themes that are common to I all of us. It's what Jung said uh, when in really astrology, because he believed in astrology, is a law of correspondences. And that's how it started. The ancient Babylonians looked to the sky. They noticed celestial patterns and how their outer environment um, somehow matched what was going on. For example, if Mars was prominent in the sky, they noticed maybe people were a little bit more feisty. There was war that, you know, you, you felt internally, you wanted to strangle your neighbor. I don't know, but you know what I mean? The yeah. Mars archetype, which is action, energy, get up, 
go drive ambition, anger, which is very important. Everybody, anger is very important. It's your intuition, pay attention to it. I know what a lot of people say, oh no, you know, get rid of the ego. No, you need your anger, anger and you need your ego. So, um, but anyway, uh, to get back to what you were saying. No, this is all great. Keep going. Um, and I don't know if you read any more of my bio that I do have a specialty that developed over time working with clients. I think I did include it that have had out of body experiences. I don't know. If I said, no, that. tell tell us about that, but, but I want to yeah, tell us about that and then we'll keep going into the stuff. Cause I want to hear more about you. Um, so what is the, what is the specialty that you've created? I'd love to hear about it. it did I, did I include it on the You box? did. It's, uh, I'm reading through your questions. You, read? Go ahead. you have a, a, a specialty in both astrological counseling as well as clinical social. We counsel clients, adults who have NDEs, OBEs, precognitive dreams, et cetera. How did you yeah, tell me, how did this specialty develop and what this specialty is? Well, um, even in, doing social work with meaning um, psychotherapy, I just tended to get clients that have also had out-of-body experiences and precognitive dreams that I have had. Everything is journaled um, and I can validate these experiences because I wrote them down. I told people about precognitive dreams before they even, you know, came to pass. But um, having these experiences helped me work with people that have also had these energetic, you know, awakenings in order to clarify it for them and normalize it. Because, you know, a lot of psychotherapists maybe that have not had these experiences mm -hmm. would either be writing out a prescription, sending them to the nearest psychiatrist. But um, I work with them and I could tell the way they tell the story, whether or not it's a hallucination or some mental illness, you just know. And, and my experience also too provides, I believe whether I'm speaking it or not, some sort of security and some sort of safe space that they know they can tell me about it and I could work with them to help them, you know, um, expand on this, this gift. So, so when you work with them, when they come to you with the OBEs or even the NDEs, are they they struggling with understanding it? They're struggling with their place in life? Yes. Is that what's happening? Okay. And then yes. what's the work that you, so you bring your astrology and psychotherapy and your life experience to help them to use it in a way that facilitates growth, change, ex yes. what is like, okay. Facilitate growth and also to, to sharpen their awareness, but really to validate their experience that this yeah. is a normal part of life. Yeah. And I think that in and of itself is very healing. And again, I don't, you know, they know I've been there just by the questions I'm asking them. Um, it's not out of curiosity. It's more out of support and that I'm standing alongside them. There's a difference, you know, that there, there's a difference. And I know the client sense it and it enables them to um, develop their skill set. But I have gotten this with um, psychotherapy clients and also to plenty of astrology clients. They come to me, professional yeah. people. They just say, hey, listen, this is what's going on. Having your death experience. I had an outer body experience. Um, can you help me? What does this mean? I, I'm struggling, as you might say. I grew up in the Catholic faith. They told us not to talk to anybody about this. 
And then I can, as I said, just, you know, bring them some sort of balance and maybe help to ease their anxiety, um, offer tools. And also to when I look at the astrology of it, I could see the growth. I could see when someone is more apt to be open to energy. So sensitized. And sometimes the veil is just thinner. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's closer, it's thinner. Can you share one of your out-of-body experiences, Denise? My goodness, I have so, yes. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think of a good one here. Yeah, Uh, my husband's not here, but um, this was one of the first ones. It was back in 1996. I was living in Astoria at the time, and it was New Year's Day, and I remember I heard this very loud noise. It almost sounded like a boiler bursting. Like, like it was just, oh my goodness, it like practically hurt my ears. But then at some point I realized I wasn't in my physical body. Only later to understand that it was the friction of the etheric body leaving the physical body that caused the sound like a sonic boom. I don't know what else to say. So I left the body um, and I, I had, total awareness, like clearer than clear thought process. So I floated, I wasn't walking, but I floated into the living room and I saw my husband. So I thought it was funny. And I remember floating a little bit above him trying to get his attention and I was laughing. So the cat saw me, I had a cat named Piwacket at the time, he saw me and responded. Then I tried to actually move my my etheric body through his physical body. Then I, I, I came back into the body and I said to my husband later on in the day, I saw you standing in the living room. I saw you talking to the cat. Did you see me? He said, that was you. He said, I felt somebody bump me, but I thought it was the other cat from behind. And Piwacket was looking all around. I thought he saw a ghost. My ear is ringing right now as I'm telling you this story. So I love this, love this, because I have never heard anybody talk about out about a experience. I can go on and on and on, but I don't oh, want to bore you. It's not boring. We're, wild. We're, it's, it's the wildest thing. Yeah. So the sonic boom, do you think that that was part of the experience that catapulted your therma body out? Or is it like, have you had it that? It was actually boom? the friction of the etheric body, because that's what you're traveling in, leaving the physical body. So if we, you know, the etheric body is is all energy, it's very powerful. So think of it leaving the physical body, there's that friction and it was very loud. And what was interesting was when I was living in Astoria, the bedroom was um, located in the inside court. I wasn't even on a street. So it couldn't have even been like a truck hitting a pile. There was, you know, none of that. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> have you been Have you been able to do it uh, at at will now? Have you wanted to do it at will, like uh, have OBE? Sometimes, so, sometimes I can. Yes, and in fact, I know I'm going to do a meditation later. I'm supposed to do right a meditation, Carolyn. Mm-hmm. And part of it is I call it astrology slash astral travel meditation. So I'm mm-hmm. going to incorporate that exercise in it. It's going to be fun. Um, Yes. And then sometimes my, if you were to call it a skill set, shifts from precognitive dreams and out-of-body experiences just to being very sharp 
completely aware of what's going on energetically in the environment. And then sometimes I'm just dull. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm as thick and dense as, I don't know what, a piece of wood. It's hysterical. It's real. I'm like, how could this be? But it is. Yeah, I know. You know? I know. Well, we're human, right? And so, my God, it's, it's funny. It's really, really funny. I'm like, okay. So what purposes do you feel the OBE serves? Okay. Well, I have, I guess having a direct energetic experience with the environment helps me maybe plug in a little bit easier when I'm looking at a chart because I'm looking at an array of symbols and I have been out of the body to experiencing how the eclipse influences or how I could feel its impact on my etheric body. Mm. So I carry that memory with me when I'm looking at a chart or when there's an eclipse, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm familiar with this. There really is a pull. You know, it just, it, it just kind of confirms um, what I'm looking at and just having a sensory experience of. Yeah, it sounds to me like- I don't like, know what else to say, you know? No, it sounds to me like, so the physical, I've. I, so the physical body doesn't get in the way. It's like you're having this much more heightened channel heightened. experience. You're totally your identity. Yeah. Totally identity. Yeah. It has nothing to do with gender identification, sexual orientation, yeah. political um, party representation, nothing. You are so your identity. I love if you're that. You're funny if you have an identity where you're humorous. That's there too. You'll want to do funny things. If yeah. you're interested in the arts, you might want to travel. If you there's so, uh, one time I had seen. Do you want me to tell you another experience? Yeah, they're oh. loving it. I'm loving it too. Oh, they loving it. I don't know. I don't see it. They're like loving this. This is fascinating. This is all very interesting. I'm loving it. Like. My friend Barbara, I tell her, I talk to her on the phone about this. She's my, she's like my, my astral partner in crime. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Let me think of another one. Well, one time it, it was here where I'm living now. I remember I left the body. Oh, this was, no, this was interesting. This, I'll say this one. Um, I remember I left the body, I was out of the body, and I was just, a, I was just like drifting to my bedroom dresser, which was on the left. I was aware of the physical body on the bed. I'm drifting towards the dresser, and I asked, what does prayer look like? I want to know, what does prayer look like? And all of a sudden, this light, this energy just shot out from my body and expanded. But was what was interesting, Marilyn, was that that energy started to protrude the etheric body before I fully even formulated the question. Mm. And when I got back into the body, all I could think was that line from the Bible, before they call, I will answer. I have to really think that when we desire something so deeply in our hearts, um, that's the pressure of source waiting for us to accept Mm -hmm. that. I I had OBE uh, out-of-body experiences a couple of times, but not like you. And I had them in dream states when I was a teenager a lot of times, you know, but I think that I 
kept a control on them, precognitive dreams I've had and stuff. So I love hearing your experience because the only way I can relate, I always like to try to relate to things so I understand it. And the only way I relate to what you're saying right now is through my channeling experiences. Mm. And I love what you do. So you're able to guide, are you able to guide people to an OBE? I know you said you're going to do a different meditation, but do you ever guide people to this experience so that they can have the out-of-body experience? Well, what I will do is give certain techniques that are very helpful. One is an energy exercise I always do with my meditation. So you know how when we meditate, we're bringing in light and from from the heavens or from the earth. And it's always important to make sure that we, we're earth, we're grounded in the earth up. But I do an, um, an energy exercise where I'm actually um, pulling the etheric body down and up like allowing the energy to flow. It's not sending energy, but it's kind of like centering oneself with source, feeling that then getting a sense of the etheric body, which is like energetic and pulling it down and up and down and up. And it's a real good way of cleansing too. You know, I know there's this surround yourself with light, but sometimes it's like throwing a blanket over your head. You don't want to crowd everything out either. You don't want to insulate yourself. You, it's important to be aware, have the feelings, and then decide what you're, what one is going to do. For me, that works. I love that. I love that. So have you ever like, I know you said you did it with like the eclipse and thing. Have you ever like went out into the universe? Yes stars and the planets and had can, can you tell us a little bit about your experience there yeah i was i was actually scared to tell you the truth i was used to staying a little bit closer to this plane but what happened was um i was saying a particular prayer it was uh what is it called someone out there maybe you can help me with it it's the pentagram ritual the banishing of the lesser pentagram. If anybody else out there knows the correct name and it's very good for protecting the space. Mm -hmm. And I started to do that. But what I realized was it must be a high prayer or, and it is a prayer that's been used for centuries that it carries a lot of energy. I don't know how else to put this. So I found myself going up, up, up through the roof of the house into the heavens and then all the way up at an accelerated speed. It was it was like being on a roller coaster in the opposite direction. I did get frightened and all of a sudden it was just like energy just dispersed. Mm. So I was no longer part of a form, but part yeah. of everything. I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I love that. So um, going back to, uh, I love all of this, Denise, and they're loving it too. This is just so much oh, fun. Good, good. I'm yeah, I, no, I, I want it to be fun. Oh yeah. And I love that you have all these different qualities. You know, I think that that makes someone so much, this is for all of you guys. I, when you work with practitioners and stuff, people like Denise and I believe, you know, who have different qualities, it isn't just one way of doing things. You're going to benefit so much more from an experience with someone like her than someone who just studies one modality. And it, and I think that that is so beneficial to everybody, all the experiences you're sharing. My question to you, Denise, about going back to astrology for a minute is, do you believe, this is where I struggle with astrology and I don't know anything about it. So my expertise, I don't have, okay? Do you feel that people have free will? So if you're reading someone's chart, okay, so you already know the question. Tell me yeah. about that because 
if someone, I'll tell you my only little experience is like when somebody talks to me about mercury retrograde, I tell them to get out of my face because I don't even want to have the conversation because I feel a lot of people bring in what they don't fully understand what mercury retrograde is. So they bring in a lot of stuff that isn't even true. Superstition. Yeah. Or things that are not written properly out there. So I would love, because you're the expert in this area, tell us a little bit about free will with working with the planets, planets in our chart, if that's possible, mm -hmm. or how it works. And things like Mercury retrograde when they come in, how you work with clients in those typical situations or what are their planets are retrograde. Okay, um, first of all, people have said to me, oh, I don't believe in this astrology stuff, you know, about the planets out there. And I tell them, I don't either. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't believe it's true. The planets don't cause anything. The planets don't cause anything. The planets don't cause anything. It's actually a law of correspondence or a law of synchronicity as above, so below. And whatever's going on outside externally, say retrograde, is also happening in inside of us we're going retrograde that's really what it's reflecting we we don't get away from ourselves so this is a really good question i love this question about free will and destiny you know part of this comes from out-of-body experiences and part of it comes from working with clients and just my study of astrology i do believe that we choose the time and the circumstances that we're born into for the soul to best develop. I really do. Yeah. I think they're choice. And depending upon how the person, again, utilizes their potential will determine their experience and also how much um, the quality of their life. This is, I have a great story. Can I tell yes. you? Yes. Yeah, you do. This is your show. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep talking and talking. Everybody. We're gonna, and we're benefiting. <laughs> we're benefiting so I'll much. Still be here, you know, the cats will be meowing to be fed. I'm still going to be talking. Um, I One woman came to see me. I remember she had the son in Taurus and she had two twin boys. So people ask me, well, what do you have? Two people born the same day, same time, but they're totally different experiences. But anyway, she had two twin boys. They were Aries. And it was interesting. They had a very strong Mars. Now, you know, Mars, again, is the archetype of war. It's our libido energy. Get up, go, drive, ambition. It's our iron. It's the blood. It's really what propels us forward in life in terms of archetypes. And she said to me, you know, it's very interesting. She said, I really believe in reincarnation. She said, what happened was, you know, my sons, they both have very strong Mars in their fourth house, which has to do with the home. And she said to me that um, one of the sons said, oh, mommy, I remember a past life. This is where I guarded the home and I protected my family. And I was he was very fiercely devoted to making sure that I guess the, the land was not attacked. And she said to me, what was interesting was that to this day, he's a little bit more of a homebody than the other twin, but still he was very protective of the family this lifetime. She said, then my other son, same positioning, same Mars, he said to her, Ma, I know I was a soldier and I always went out to war. And that was the way I warded off, like he didn't say warded off, I'm saying, but that's the way I protected the land. And she so. said, he had daddy long legs. Wow. Wow. I love and that. That's when she said, you know, how could I not say that reincarnation doesn't exist? 
my children, my two sons came to me, same quality, but they utilized it in a different way, even this lifetime that linked back to how they, um, I, I guess you could say, you know, use their energy, that Mars energy previously. One was a stay-at-home, but still fiercely protective, still mm-hmm. very Martian, martial, you know, and both, I think, were involved in martial arts too. So they had that, oomph, get up and go and drive. It's great because all that information helps inform better decisions in your life, it feels like to me. Yes. So, and that's the work that you're doing with people is you're helping them to make better, more informed decisions by knowing themselves, knowing their soul, and then knowing where to go. Now, do you also in your charts and when you work with people talk about, okay, this is coming up in two years from now and then help direct them that way. And could you give us a little bit of like how that works? And, and don't forget when any, any time situations are on the horizon or events are coming up or big shifts, we'll call them life shifts. Mm-hmm. The person is always feeling them. People are feeling the rumblings already. Either they're getting irritated or they're getting antsy or they feel the need maybe to expand and explore. So that's happening months before. Um, And what I will do is explain, um, confirm the rumblings that they're feeling and also offer options. It could be used this way. It could be used that way. For example, oh, gee, there's a, a shift when it comes to home and family looks like there's a move on the horizon but the move is really um more long distance it's for expansion it's somehow connected with a philosophy you know have you been thinking of say traveling to india because you feel a certain connection with the land and that it could bring you more of a sense of spiritual connectedness for example that that's how i would work i like it so do you do anything with ley lines and where people live or are you able to, yeah. I, mean, I know Roseanne's talking about um, astrological, you know, uh, electional astrology and um, yes. And, and, and how like uh, certain locations have astrological charts as well. Right. So she's saying, and, influence, go I'm ahead. Sorry. No, I just wanted to say, and don't forget the astrological chart of a nation of a city right is just symbolizing the consciousness of that place. So even if you didn't know astrology and you didn't want to know about astrology, just traveling there and getting a feel whether or not it feels right would tell you whether or not that's a good place. But astrology is a little bit easy to position because it's a map. Yeah. No, I have coordinates. I'm looking at coordinates. Yeah. A, B, C, D, E, this time, that time. Yes, no, you know, and... But, but then it's always up to the person whether or not they want to make that choice. Right. You always have free will. You always have free will. And you could decide whether or not you want a real good, intense quality of life, which is not always easy when it comes to choices, or you just want sort of a, you know, easy, lukewarm. And that'll be based on the choice that you make. And then can you go into the intense quality of life and have uh and understand that and kind of go through it in a different experience because you have a deeper understanding of how that's being, like how that's coming about? Well, Marilyn, honestly, anytime I'm under an intense transit, I feel like my ass is getting kicked from (laughs) here to San Francisco. I'm telling you, it doesn't feel easy to me and it doesn't feel lukewarm, no. But you hold it understanding. I do have some knowledge. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But the you know, I, I always 
what, with right, go ahead. What? No, I, I, I'm saying this with love, but I do, you know, I get my ass kicked too. Totally. And I always share that with uh, my students too. You know, it's, I, I think people really did a dis- disservice out there that they said once they reached a spiritual state, they became all bliss all the time. And it's such bullshit, you know? But then I was thinking about it. I was on a yoga retreat and I'm like, well, maybe the hug, maybe certain people do. I don't know. But most people I know, like they write about the struggles. You know, I think it's, it happens no matter what. It's part well, of if anybody does, could you have them call me? Right. <laughs> sure. me don't let the rest of us poor mortals know how you're doing it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> well, you, but, but you, those, t- those times that are intense, you know, when you're taken down, and I know it as a Pluto transit, it's that inner scouring that needs to take place because whatever one's life was built on, that fault line is just not going to sustain you. Yeah. It feels so difficult. For yeah. me, I mean, those of us that are a little more willful, it's going to be a little more difficult. Yeah. No, I understand that. And I, I do feel like it's it's just not a tool that I utilize because I have other tools, but I feel like what you share and what you're sharing is man- unbelievable. It doesn't, it seems to me like it would be so beneficial for anybody who works with you to really help them. So now I have another question because this, this is always some of my issue. Are you able to figure out the time that people were born if they don't know it? This is what I do. I really prefer the person have the exact time of birth because it helps me be a little bit smarter. Mm -hmm. And one thing I want to say, let me just backtrack. Um, Astrology is not wrong. I might misinterpret and believe me, I have a batting average. Uh, But the astrology and the symbolism and what's being portrayed or the story that's being told is not wrong. So I I just want to say that. But my interpretation, due to my own perceived limitations, might not be able to convey the full picture. So I I just want to say that I definitely have a batting average. To go back to your question, when people don't have their exact time of birth, I think in New York you can contact the Brooklyn Hall of Records. Um, I don't know if it's a $15 fee, a $20 fee. I've done that so many times and they still, they never sent, we even paid the extra money and they never sent it. Now, maybe they're more on top of it these days because that was like years ago, but um, I could try it. But anyway, that's really great. And if, if, if someone does and I'll ask them, can you, you know, give me an estimate? What do you think? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll go with that. But I tell them, listen, my timing might be off. Or if they don't know at all, I tell them that I have to cast what's called a flat chart and I'll do my best. And there are things I can definitely tell them. But as I said, I might be a little bit, uh, I will be off. I won't have the exact time, but I could still help them. That doesn't matter. Great. And then were you raised Catholic, Denise? Yes. And I feel a very close connection to the Catholic Church. I go to Mass every Saturday, um, do um, Christmas Eve and Easter Vigil. If there's the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, I will go, especially if it's at nighttime, nine o'clock. I feel a very strong connection. I really do believe it has to do with a, a past life connection. Yeah, I, I was. They would probably throw me out. I mean, I would, you know, be out on my ear. <laughs> they, do they know what you do? What's that? Do they know what you do? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit more of a quiet member, but you know, when I go in there again, I have such a soul sense, and I know it has to do with past life and a connection, and my frequency gets raised when I'm in there. 
Mine too. Mine too. Whenever I walk into a church, I, I instantly usually cry, especially if I haven't been in there in a while. It's an instant mm-hmm. thing for me. So yeah. And I was actually in a great church in Manhattan. It was before I was a, full, a medium, but I've had some good experiences with certain, like I had a priest once tell me when I was expressing about being a medium, he said, well, of course, all saints were mediums. So it makes perfect saint sense. So, you know, it's just finding those people. There's certain churches and there was a church in Manhattan that was phenomenal for a on while. 33rd I, Street, on 33rd Street, St. Francis. It was actually St. Francis, but it was on um, 15th Street, but it was St. Francis. Oh. St. Francis of Assisi. No, it's the sales. On like, 15th? No, it's Assisi. Yeah, it's 15th and 16th Street. But I think that the, the head priest has definitely changed since, you know, when I was there. Um, so is let's do what you want to do, the meditation, unless there's anything else that I left out that you feel, because this is such a benefit to all of us, Denise. If there's anything that I didn't ask and you want to share, please share that now. Because like I said, you're an expert in a field that is... That, I don't have a lot of expertise in this area. So that's why I love that you're on here. Can I, uh, what I would like to do is debunk the mercury retrograde myth. Can I, I would love that. Anything you want to share, I would love, please go right ahead. Okay. So I just want to say we have mercury retrograde coming up October 31st and it's going um, through November 20th and mercury goes retrograde. Um, three times about every three and a half months. And what it means is that it's an apparent backward motion of Mercury against the backdrop of um, faster moving planets. So it's not really going backward, but it's like if you're on a, a subway car and all of a sudden the trains on either side of you are express, even though you're still moving and they're going faster, you feel as though you're going in that motion just by comparison. So the Mercury retrograde time period, we have what's called a, a like a pre-shadow phase, which started October 11th. Just pay attention to what's been going on, but it actually goes retrograde the 31st until November 20th, and it's Mercury um, in retrograde motion in the sign of Scorpio. So um, really what this means is it's, it's a highly intuitive time because Mercury has to do with our conscious thinking, has to do with the way we connect ourselves to the outside world, communication, writing, speaking, cars, transportation. And it gets this rap that, oh my goodness, during Mercury retrograde, don't sign any contracts because people, people's minds are quirky. Be careful, don't buy a car, don't sign a lease, don't go on a trip. But really what's happening is we're being called to put aside habitual ways of perceiving life, habitual ways of thinking. Our our, um, perception is now asked to kind of take a back seat and allow more of the intuitive side, whatever is developing, to come to the fore, which will be incorporated into our life once it goes direct. So what happens is um, when Mercury is retrograde, um, it can uh, feel a little bit more difficult to be agenda driven. Remember, we're asked to pay attention to the deeper undercurrents of our nature that want to be brought forth in life. So 
that doesn't take place in a very linear agenda-driven way. It takes place when we listen intuitively, when we take a step back, when we go by our gut. So that's really the quality that's being developed. So Mercury gets a bad rap because sometimes if we try to go against the current, we get tripped up. So it's like, you know, when your sweater gets caught on a nail on a door, you keep getting pulled back, but really it's source's way of saying, pay attention. Something is trying to evolve. Something is trying to be born within you. Pay attention. You can't, it's not the time to approach life in through habitual um, ways of viewing a situation. That's really what's going on. Love that. I've never heard that explanation and it makes so much sense. And it's such an incredible way to hold that time. I yeah. love that. It, that's it's why so, we're highly so productive. What, that's, and, oh, I'm so sorry. And no, I, go ahead. You know, people say, oh, be careful. There are more accidents on the road. I do not know the statistics. It wouldn't surprise me. One time I was driving to, it was the, um, what was it? Uh, oh, Glen Cove Mansion. I was actually doing readings at a, at a fair. And I've driven there many, many times. And Mercury, it was the day Mercury was going retrograde. Now, I, like yourself, am a little bit more sensitive to when things shift. And I remember driving, and it was as though my like the, the prefrontal cortex, I could not think. Mm. I, it was like it took a back seat, but what came to the fore were precognitive dreams that I had where I saw evidential, um, where I saw them evidentially expressed. For example, I had a precognitive dream about an apartment um, that was for sale. And during that time, I was like having a hard time driving, but all of a sudden it came to me where it was, this is what happened, this is the person, like I was able to make connections more from a subconscious place. And all of a sudden, like my memory opened up of what happened when I was eight and seven and names and dates I could never recall. So that piece, that, that again, subconscious place where precognitions take place was to the fore, but my linear way of thinking and conscious way of getting from A to Z was gone. Wasn't just wasn't. And then I thought to myself, this is, I got to the place. Okay. Because I had like muscle memory mm-hmm. and usually during retrograde periods, astrologers will say, well, if you return to a place where you've been no problems, it's just doing something new. And I had no problem because I had been there so many times. But when I got out of the car, I realized, so this is the retrograde experience. Mm-hmm. And I could see why if there are going to be traffic accidents, someone like me would get into them. Yeah. And, you know, like I, that makes sense. Yeah. I could see why I would like send out a piece of mail without putting a stamp on it. Yeah, I understand that completely. I love that. Thank so- you for explaining that. So you have a meditation for us, right? Yes, I do. And how long is that meditation, sweetie? Um, it's just for a few minutes, maybe right. about like, how many minutes do I have? You, you, seven minutes good? That's perfect. That's perfect. So what I'm going to do, Denise, is I'm going to pin your video because I like to go into the experience myself, but I like to turn off my video for it mm-hmm. so that I can do it on my own. So I'll come back on when you're done. I'm going to, it's now your show. And uh, you're going to just take us through this beautiful meditation. Okay, great. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. 
So this meditation, I call it the astrology meditation slash astral travel meditation. And what I want to say is that this is also a good exercise to prepare yourself if you want to have an out-of-body experience. It's great for relaxation and also to receive information from one's guides, protectors, whatever you want to call them. So what I'd like to do, first of all, is have everybody close their eyes. Um, no peeking. Everybody close your eyes. I see you out there, or I sense you out there if you have your eyes open. And what I'd like you to do, first of all, is make sure that your feet, both feet, are flat on the floor. That's very important that we're always connected to the earth. We want to have the spiritual experience, yet we also want to honor the earth and the fact that we're in a physical body and be grounded. And two reasons for this is so we can remember the experience and incorporate it into um, our physical body. So let's start off with some breathing. Remember, eyes are closed, arms are by your side. If you feel comfortable with the palms up, that's great. Whatever really is uh, comes most natural to you. So let's take a deep breath in. So everyone breathe in and just slowly exhale. This is going to get us nice and relaxed. Breathe in again very, very slowly and exhale even more slowly than the inhalation. Let it go out very easily and gently. And let's take one more breath in and exhale very, very slowly, releasing tension, stress, the day's worries or concerns. Now, once again, make sure that your spine is straight and you're now paying attention to your breathing. So you're going to turn inward and just listen to how your breath is pulsing, is moving, and just concentrate on that a little bit. Remember, breath is the spirit of life. So we're going to be grateful right now. We're going to thank the universe, thank source for this breath that we're taking in. Okay, now imagine a thread of golden light ascending from your spine, base of the spine, ascending all the way up. It's a thread of golden light. Visualize this and see it just moving to the top of your head, a little bit above your head, the crown chakra. Once again, let's visualize this again, this golden thread this light beginning at the base of the spine and it's moving up, 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 all the way through the neck area, the head area, and just resting up above the crown chakra. And know that as you visualize something is taking place, that there is a creation on the etheric side of life that is taking place as you are visualizing. The more clearly you visualize, the sharper the picture. 
Now feel this golden light starting to just shine and radiate in all directions from the top of your head. Picture it like the sun with its rays extending up and outward in all directions, across the street, across the state, around the globe, and all the way to the heavens. Now let's once again take this deep breath in and exhale. And as you exhale, I want you to move your consciousness, your awareness above the physical body. I want you to visualize yourself looking down on the top of your head. You're about two inches above the crown chakra. You have now withdrawn your consciousness from the earthly body. Again, you have now withdrawn your consciousness from the earthly body, you're identified with the etheric body, and you're looking down at the physical body about two inches from the crown chakra. You are totally safe. Your guides, your angels, your loved ones are around you, and they feel closer than ever because you are sharing this etheric space with them. You might see them, you might sense them, you might feel them, but they're closer to you and nearer to you than even breathing right now. You're sharing this space. Now, as we're withdrawing our consciousness, I want you, now that you're in the etheric body, looking down at your um, crown chakra, shift your attention and look around the room. Not from the perspective of your body, because you're no longer in it, but from the perspective of the etheric body. Take a good, clear look around the room. And don't try hard to imagine anything, but just become aware of the windows, the fireplace, maybe a pet that's nearby, and know that you're viewing them from this light body. You're in your essence right now. You've stepped out of your body, and you... Now we're experiencing the freedom and lightness that the etheric body carries. You're safe. You can accept this experience. And right now, what you're going to do is you're going to float. And feel yourself doing this very easily. You don't have the weight of the physical body. So you're kind of drifting and floating towards your front door. If you need to go down the steps to get there, you know what? You don't even need to do that. Fly out a window. So picture yourself moving through your front door. You don't need to open it. If you're going out through the window, you don't even need to open that. Your light body is carried through all physical space. Now, if this feels difficult at this moment, know that you don't need to operate as you do in the physical body. Your thought can take you through all physical objects. So just imagine yourself on the other side of the door, on the other side of the window, on the other side of the wall. Now see yourself floating down the street. 
down the avenue, see it very, very clearly. Feel the coolness of the air. It's exquisite, it's, it's exhilarating. There's a little bit of a chill in the air, but it's not uncomfortable. And think how when people say that, oh, you know, spirit is nearby because the temperature changes, it's cooler. Well, now you're with spirit, all of them. So the temperature is chilled, but not uncomfortable. So keep moving. Your light is the air itself. You're like helium. So you're going to begin to float. You're going to float upward into the sky. You're safe. It's actually fun. You're moving up past the clouds. You're looking down on the city street and you see the rooftops. You might even notice a neighbor or two. And since your hearing is now even more acute than when you're in a physical body, if there are any people that you are noticing below on the street or in a distant house, see if you can hear what they're saying. You have clear audience, and now it's even sharper in the etheric body. If you don't hear the, the actual words, see if you could hear and experience the rhythm of their voices. Now ascend upwards into the air, keep going. You have this protective bubble around you. It's all filled with light and you are now traveling up in an orb of life. So you're going up, you're going higher and you're enjoying this experience. The clouds are now beneath you you don't feel any attachment to the earth, although you are aware that you are still um, part of the earthly community. You're looking at the earth right now and its shape is round. You're seeing the sphere of the earth as if you were um, in, if you were in an actual rocket or a spaceship, the oceans are below you, the cloud formations are below you, you're even passing the moon. You're seeing our, we're seeing our solar system. There's the sun in the center and we've passed by Earth and Mercury and Venus and Mars and Jupiter. And we stop momentarily to appreciate the beauty of Saturn and its rings. We go past Uranus and we might even laugh to ourselves because we notice its eccentric orb. We keep going all the way up and the galaxy of the earth is far, far and away. You now know that you are part of the cosmos. You are not tethered to the earth with this etheric body, but you are one with all. Now, because we're experiencing a heightened sense of awareness and all knowledge is ours and it's easier to access in this place, that question you have always wanted the answer to, that bit of information that's always seemed to elude you. Maybe it's your life purpose. Maybe it's a decision about school. Maybe it's how do I develop my spirituality? Whatever this soul searching question has been, I want you to ask it right now. Formulate the question, 
ask it and know as I know for you and support you that you have received the answer. This answer might come in the form of an image. It might come in the form of lyrics of a song, maybe a feeling, maybe a color, but you have opened yourself to your soul's answer with this question. And if the answer has not come easily, know that you have the memory of the answer with you. And when you return to the physical body, you can access it or ask your guides to reveal it to you in a dream. But all of you right now embody the answer and it's clear, it's your guidance and know that your guides and your loved ones are applauding you and supporting you for accepting this realization. So thank source, always thank source. It receives you with open arms, arms always. Thank source for this answer. And now as we start to descend back into the physical body, we're going to reverse the process and very gently feel yourself gliding through the heavens, passing by the galaxies, looking at those beautiful lights against the sky. See yourself coming back down through the atmosphere. It's getting a little bit more concentrated and you notice now this sun, you see it in the distance and you see all the planets around it and they're welcoming you back. You're now passing by the orbits of Pluto and Neptune, Uranus, Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Venus, and you're seeing the earth, you're seeing the clouds, there it is. And you're descending even more and more and more. And you're recognizing your street and the rooftops and you're gliding and floating gently over the rooftops. And as you descend, your feet touch the sidewalk in front of you. Now, stand in front of your door and gently glide back through it effortlessly, come back through it, walk back into the room where you are seated and see yourself still located above the crown chakra. Look down, take a good look at that physical body and say, I appreciate you, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, I love you. And now what I want you to do is drop down through the top of your head, down into the physical body without opening your eyes. I want you to settle into the physical body. Now remember, before you alter, before you open your eyes, you're still gonna be in an altered state. So before you open your eyes, wiggle your fingers, your toes, move your head from side to side and get adjusted to the density of the physical body. Now what I'd like you to do is open your eyes very, very slowly and 
reorient yourself to this plane of action. Is everybody still here? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Still here Marilyn. <laughs> that was great. You know, outside the door. Yeah, I, I'm still out there. I'm still out there. That was um, it was great, Denise. And what I loved about it is it reminded me of when I first started channeling. That's how I would raise my vibration. And I haven't taught that in so long. So I'm so glad that you brought us through that. And I also love how much you brought us to the place of that we know all the answers. Like it was just so beautiful and so lovely. So it was such an incredible meditation. We have people saying that was incredible. Wow. Awesome. Home again, Barbara said. Um, that was amazing. Thank you. So really, it was so so beautiful. Thank you. Do you do that work with your clients? I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. I cut you off. You do. Yes, I do. And once again, a reminder, if you want to practice having an out-of-body experience, that is also the exercise. It's a meditation. It's an exercise. If you want inspiration to get answers, it, it's, it's multi-purpose. So Denise, thank you again. Is there anything last parting words you want to leave us with? I'm so excited you're doing a lesson for us. Thank you for that. I guess just keep the faith and open up to receiving what the universe is offering that we, we step on the hose. Love that. That's a, that's perfect parting words. Thank you everybody. Have a good night and everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.